0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, Fight Fans, to this inaugural episode of our On This Day mini-series that we've decided to do for you Fight Fans. You see this all the time on social media about... On This Day posts going out, videos of certain fights, videos of certain incidents taking place, whether it's somebody retiring, whether it's a knockout, whether it's someone becoming a world champion, whatever it may be, we all love to see On This Day. So we decided to bring an On This Day little mini-series to you, and we'll pick some certain dates throughout the course of each month, and we'll deliver to you some of our thoughts on some of these in particular fights that we've loved to see over the course of our tenure as boxing fans. So today it's the 1st of March and we're going to be discussing three particular instances within boxing history. Johnston, this is a great little segment for people to listen to. We all love on this day, we all love seeing the videos, we're going to bring you a podcast version. I'm really excited to do this and I'm pretty sure people will enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's, it's something slightly different. Um, we always see it, if you're scrolling through your Social media—you'll always see something on on this day, and you'll see a video of a fight or uh, a legendary fight oh, that was born or deceased, etc. Like yeah, as you put it, and, and it's it's always nice to see them, isn't it? He always takes you back. So I think let's well, do something we want to do slightly different. You know, we want to send it out a podcast on a day, give our thoughts, and you know we'll, we'll try and continue this as much as we can. Let us know how we can improve it. We we'll, they weren't they're not going to be long. They're going to be quite short. Uh, to the point, but it, it's a, it's something nice to, to just you know little fifteen minute listen and it just for for you fight fans to
0: reminisce. Absolutely. So March the first is the date, and we've done it in chronological order. So the first one that we've picked from March the first is from 1949, and it was when former world heavyweight boxing champion Joe Lewis retired with a record of 66 three and including 52 knockouts, and he defended the title for a record 25 times. Do you think anybody could talk you into fighting again with a big purse possibly (laughs) around like that? No,
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'm all through. So this was his first retirement. Of course, the tax man came calling after he got shafted by Julian Black, who took off his gross earnings for the following 10 years. His other manager, who's uh, John Roxburgh, he claimed a quarter of, for, of his fees for an indefinite period and his trainer, Jackie Chappie Blackburn, a guy we've discussed in Sam Langford's podcast, took his wages that were remaining, uh, the quarter of it that was intended for Joe. And of course, the tax man took their cut, leaving Joe with nothing. And then just for good measure, good measure old Uncle Mike goes and sells 10% of his future earnings for the next 10 years to Joe Gould. Joe Lewis was cut up like a kipper and unfortunately, although he retired on this day, he had the vision of wanting to retire and stay retired. Unfortunately, boxing back then was a disaster and he had to come back and he had to fight for money.
0: It's really, really sad, isn't it? Because we've done really our is. career profile on Sugar Ray Robinson and there was very, very similar situation with Sugar Ray in terms of the way his money dwindled away through various reasons. Joe Lewis is another sad story, really, because he's regarded as one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. Yet, when you hear the way his money was delved up between all these different parties, it's really sad to think that on that day in 1949, March the 1st, that should have been the day when we should have been celebrating Joe Lewis retiring and him having to come back as a result of all that money going to all these different people would, wouldn't would so much hurt his legacy for me. It wouldn't really hurt his legacy the way it would have done for other fighters because I still always regard him as a great heavyweight champion, one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. But it's really sad that he had to do what he did to come back to the sport and have to be in the sport for, for longer. And fighting guys that beat him that he would have probably destroyed In his prime and it's sad that he ended up having to do that so putting Joe Lewis in there first and foremost I think it's also prevalent for us to highlight some of his great moments of his career one of them in particular we've already covered for the legendary night series knocking out Max Schmeling at the Yankee Stadium in June 1938 within two minutes and four seconds of the first round. It was spectacular, especially when you consider that more than 70,000 spectators, including Clark Gable, Gary Cooper and J. Edgar Hoover, was watching him from the stands. And an estimated 70 million people followed the fight via radio.
1: Yeah, and he reigned as the heavyweight world champion from 1937 to 1949, during which he participated in 27 championship fights and victorious in 25 consecutive title defences. Wow. I mean, in in 2005, Joe Lewis was ranked as the best heavyweight of all time by the International Boxing Research Organisation and was ranked number one by the Ring Magazine's list of 100 greatest punchers of all time. Wow. So on this day, Joe Lewis obviously retired and had to come back due to money concerns. But the question is, is... Where do we place him as one of the greatest heavyweights ever?
0: Wow, that is a very, very difficult question, isn't it? Because the amount of heavyweights that were out there that have since surpassed him and since come after him, you've got to think about who else has done close to what he did. And the only other person was Vladimir Klitschko, of all people. <laughs> you know, you yeah, think about yeah. Muhammad Ali, uh, the greatest in, in so many ways, but then you think about the people who, who obviously came close to to, to, to Joe Lewis was, was Vladimir Klitschko. But where do we place Joe Lewis as the greatest heavyweight of all time? If I was to place him in my my top 10 of heavyweights of all time, I'd probably place him second or even third. I'm not definitive on that, but a second or third would probably seem quite appropriate given what he did during his tenure as world heavyweight champion. So he has to be very, very high. The International Boxing Research Organisation voted him in 2005 as you said as number one and also he was ranked as the ring magazines in the 100 greatest punches of all time so if he's ranked on two separate organizations as a number one to me that means the general consensus is that a lot of them do consider joe lewis to be the heavyweight the best heavyweight of all time but what do you think johnson is he your number one heavyweight or I mean, is he something yeah. else
1: ali you know Ali ali's my man you know he's just he was just a tremendous heavyweight. Um, uh, for me he's the greatest heavyweight of all time just in the ring and out the ring. Joe Lewis though the same different different way he went about his business obviously he was always told to not be so brash and be in your face and be reserved and be a, a church goer and just to pay, basically keep the whites on the side which is which is a dreadful thing that he had to go through and then he adhered to that and then they absolutely destroyed him financially. So it wasn't great. You know, he fought. he was a hero, he was a national hero as well. So, but yeah, Lewis is probably, for me, probably the second. I mean, Jack Johnson, you probably could stick in there. But since the Sam Langford career profile, I'm, I'm sort of inclined to stick Joe Lewis number two for me.
0: So let's move into another of the incidents of On This Day. 1992 is where we're going to head to next. And it was a rematch of one of the most controversial decisions in boxing history. It was Ghana's WBC super featherweight champion, Azuma Nelson. And he knocked out Australian Jeff Fennec in the eighth round in Melbourne. Now, that was a fight that we touched on in Jeff Fennec's career profile. So, if you haven't heard that, please go and check out the career profile of Jeff Fennec on that podcast. Now, that fight in particular, Jeff Fennec at the time, 26-0-1. and And that one particular draw being on his record. Now, you've also got a zoo in Nelson 33 2 and 1, which then took place at the Princes Park football ground on March the 1st, 1992, with the legendary Arthur McCante refereeing the contest in front of 38,000 fans. Perhaps Nelson just waiting for the right moment. The infighting rages on, and that's exactly what Fennec wanted. That's a hook, right there, there it is. for the moment that side of the face was so open so open Steve he had to take advantage and he did Azuma Nelson to the attack wait a minute Arthur McKenney steps in and it's all over it it's put, all over it's He's going gone. through in the towel Steve They threw in was...
1: the towel and it was all over Jeff Fed we didn't know much, too much about Jeff and we done his career profile and Azuma Nelson was a guy he, he chased for a long time uh, he was, what, a four-weight world champion. He was going for his fourth weight, I think, in this weight, the super featherweight. It was a bit too far for him. I mean, he did in the first fight. Very controversial, that first fight. He should have won that fight against Azuma Nelson. But this one in particular, super featherweight, I think Nelson was more well-built for this. And uh, he he was solid. I mean, he it was a complete contrast to their first encounter. And Nelson dropped Fennec in the first, second and eighth rounds before... McCante obviously waved it off. Now, Fennec always did look for a fragile throughout this fight, but still busy, persistently punching, although weaker than normal, obviously, due to the the extra weight. But after the fight, uh, old Nelson uh, said, Fennec is a boy and I'm a man. <laughs> and uh, Fennec, he, he didn't even count. It. He didn't even come back. He'd come back with a fantastic line. And he said, you can fix your knee, you can fix your hands, but you can't fix your chin. <laughs>
0: that's a great way brilliant. of describing the fact that he got stopped by azuma nelson and it's a very contrasting fight i mean we've covered both of the fights in his career profile and you look at the very first fight between the two it was a it was a fantastic fight a brilliant fight and you think brilliant. to yourself jeff finnick's going to go on to win this second fight much to the shock of, of obviously all the australian fans really who didn't expect finnick to to be systematically broken down the way he was in this particular fight so if you want to see a of of two fights, this is certainly a tale to go and check out because you look at the first fight and you think, yeah, Jeff fennec got the momentum going into the rematch. Uh, and boy, was a lot of people wrong on that particular night when Zuma Nelson stopped him and completely shot a lot of the Australian boxing fans. So that was our second one of On This Day. And our third one comes from 2003. It was World Light Heavyweight Boxing Champion Roy Jones Jr. Now, he was stepping up to heavyweight for the first time in his career after rumours of him fighting potentially Mike Tyson in the division. He actually goes on, on that day in 2003, to win a unanimous decision against the champion at the time, John Ruiz, to capture the WBA heavyweight crown in Las Vegas in the and Mack Centre. A wonderful night, a wonderful night for... Boxing, Roy Jones Jr., one of the greatest pound-for-pounds of all time. Another fighter we've done a career profile on. I point you to that one because another great listen, if I must say so myself. But that particular night, Johnson, in 2003, was probably, in a lot of people's eyes, a fighter defying the odds. Congratulations, Roy.
1: You went into this fight saying you had doubt. When did that doubt go away? Let me tell you something. First of all... I have to take this time out to thank God for blessing me, for giving me this vision so many years ago, actually. And I was just putting it in me, man, to come out and show what God can do through you if you only believe. That's what took the doubt away. I knew God planned this for me. I've been knowing God had this plan for me. I just didn't know how it would happen, when it would happen, where it would happen, but I knew God had a plan for me. It was, and it was a historic night, wasn't it? It really was. The way He was able to. To fight a fully fledged heavyweight in Ruiz, you know he wasn't by no means a world stopper, but he was a genuine heavyweight, and there was a there was a size difference there. I think I think uh, Jones came in about 190 odd pounds, He was just under the 200 pounds, whereas Ruiz was 220, probably 230. By the time he got into the ring, genuinely, if someone whacks you that hard, no matter how good they are, you're gonna it's gonna be lights like out. And it was great to see. Jones Jr. produced the goods. I mean, it was just it was just meant for a great night. I mean, they even didn't they they build it literally. It was actually called Roy Jones's fights. Roy Jones fights at heavyweight. Um, (laughs) Which I thought was just you know, Ruiz was almost just he was in the picture, but he was it it was just uh, it was it was the side act if you like. I think everyone expected Jones Jr. to do it, and he did. He was. And what what a magnificent, magnificent moment. I mean, it really does go down as a historic moment in time. I mean, it was actually named the Ring Event of the Year in 2003. And Jones became the seventh boxer in history to win world titles in four weight divisions. And the first former world middleweight titleist since Bob Fitzsimmons in 1897 to win a world heavyweight title. A historic night.
0: Now, he actually never defended that WBA heavyweight title. He actually relinquished the belt and returned back to the light heavyweight division. Had a little bit of a tipple-tapple in the heavyweight division. Won a title, decides to move back down. Now, according to Mark Taffet, HBO's Senior Vice President of Sports Operations and Pay-Per-View, the fight generated 602,000 Pay-Per-View buys. Now, this figure was originally reported to be... 525,000 buys now that's still a hell of a lot of buys for a pay-per-view of a guy moving up to heavyweight from light heavyweight seemingly going in against a fully fledged heavyweight and going in there and doing a number on him And you have got to look at the statistics for the fight in terms of the way it was judged the judges were stanley crusader jerry roth and dwayne ford now they scored at 118 110 116 112 and 117 111 All in favour of Roy Jones Jr. The unofficial scorecard was 116-112 by the Associated Press. And the late, great Harold Lederman, he had it 119-109. Complete shutout, practically, to Roy Jones Jr. Winning that world heavyweight title, the WBA heavyweight title. This was actually the third defence of the title by Ruiz in this particular fight. Promoter for this one, our good old favourite, Mr. <laughs> Slippery Donking. It was a Donking production. A great night for boxing history, really, him making that that level of legacy in his career, only to go and absolutely mess his legacy up by carrying on fighting for way too long. But that is certainly it's a, it's another story for another day. But yeah, 2003, Roy Jones Jr. becoming the world heavyweight title, jumping up, from light heavyweight to heavyweight to become that champion. And that was a great, great story and a great night for boxing. And that is on this day. There's three particular moments in time in boxing history that we've picked out to cover for March the 1st and um, we've really really enjoyed sitting down just to give you a snapshot of of these particular moments in time and we do hope that you've enjoyed it too I've, I've really enjoyed this Johnson it's definitely something I would like to continue doing picking some brilliant moments in time and just refreshing people's memories about them and giving a bit of our own opinions as to what we think and what we remember and whatever we've researched on them previously
1: on this desert, as we said at the top of the show it's just it's great bit of fun it's always, it's always nice to reminisce. It always is. When we do our legendary nights, we love doing them. Our career profiles. You know, Some of them, obviously, the career profiles are slightly different because we don't get a chance to reminisce. It's more about, you know, if they're way before our time, we're literally talking about fighters and, and, and trying to find these stories. This is not about that. This is just about moments in history that we can all enjoy, obviously. We remember two of them. Uh, one of them, <laughs> again, way before our time, Joe Lewis. But always lovely to speak about Joe Lewis.
0: So if you've enjoyed this episode, this inaugural episode of the miniseries on this day, please let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Let us know what you think about it. Let, you, let us know if it's a good idea, if there's anything you want to add to it, more depth. We want it to be a little bit longer. We just wanted it to be a little bit of a snapshot, really. Nice little 15, 20-minute episode for you just to reminisce about these particular moments in time. A little bit of an opinion from us, and, and hope that we get an opinion back from you, about these particular incidents and moments in boxing history. It's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, if you've not already left us a rating and review on social media and on Apple Podcasts, please go and do it. Just leave us a rating, leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the podcast network in general and the pods that we provide. We really do appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed this inaugural episode of On This Day.